0: You're listening to the Clear Your Blocks to Glowing Health podcast with Anna King. Anna is a wellness coach and EFT practitioner who specializes in helping you clear what's blocking you from a level of health you can love. By listening to this podcast, you agree to the disclaimer located at AnnaKingCoaching.com or in the show notes below and agree to take full responsibility for your health and well-being. Thank you and enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to podcast number 21. Today, I want to dive into this whole topic around self-care and really unpack it and uh, distinguish it from some of the concepts around self-care and really maybe support you in being able to take your self-care to the next level and clear away some of the things that could be blocking you from self-care. So I just want to start by saying when people hear the word self-care, typically they think self-care is selfish or self-care means bubble baths and massages and facials and pedicures and sort of a long, relaxing day with nothing to do. And, you know, all of those things are wonderful and I, I love all that. But what I'm specifically talking about when I say self-care is the capacity to have really good boundaries and a really good relationship with your own self and your own body, where you can take the time to do the things that are really helpful for your own health and well being. So when I think of self care, my definition would be more along the lines of having the time or taking the time to move your body, do breath work taking the time to do tapping or meditation or visualization or prayer, whatever it is that is your your inner work time. Or taking the time to prep your meals and to go to the grocery store and to maybe research new recipes. And maybe self-care for you is something like... um, being able to explore some new modalities or go to a counseling or therapy session or an inner work kind of session. In my opinion, these are the most vital self-care things that need to be done, and these are the most, maybe, um, the the most challenging, especially if you're a mother of young children or if you're a caretaker, Or if you have a programming or a kind of wiring that says, I should just take care of everyone else and not take care of myself. And so then your own body and mind um, and spirit suffer due to a lack of understanding of what true self-care means and really how we got here in the first place. So let me just backtrack a little bit and just say that, you know, up until... This, you know, the last 10 to 20 years, our whole culture was focused in on survival. So we weren't tuned into our inner world near as much. We were very tuned into our outer world. And so we were focused in on food, clothing, and shelter, getting a good job, getting a good marriage so we'd feel secure, um, sort of building our own, you know, external empire and gaining material possessions. And in this day and age, and you know, there's, there's still components of that for sure, but there is a greater level of support for working on our inner world. And for many of us, we're not so much needing to focus on survival, and so that frees up extra energy to go towards creation, creating something new, creating new habits, creating new mindsets, creating new ways of being, being able to... Maybe even look at past patterns and assumptions and programming that might might be blocking you from being able to to set yourself free in many ways and to create new things in your life. And so we are focusing not so much on the external world, but we have the the modalities and the teachers and the tools to now focus in more on our inner world and our inner space. And that needs a lot of attention. Especially for those of you who are natural caretakers or love to take care of other people, or even get a sense of self worth from other people being okay or being able to take care of them. What can often happen is that we give our power away. We give our capacity to self care away because we truly do love and want to take care of other people, but there can also be an entanglement of, I can't be okay until this other person is okay or I can't feel good until this other person feels good, or I don't like how I feel if I take care of myself and they're not, they're not okay. Right? So I do want to balance this by saying, you know, that level of just love and compassion and, and caretaking can be a really beautiful gift. And it can also be a hindrance if you are overextending yourself and you don't have good boundaries and you don't have time for you because what inevitably happens is that resentment is high when self-care is low. So I'm going to say that again because it was a huge aha moment for me. Resentment is high when self-care is low. We will live in resentment towards other people, towards ourselves, towards our lives if we are not able to do the things for ourselves that are life-giving and centering and supportive of our health like taking time for eating right and exercising and uh, doing the the inner work and modalities and taking time for stillness and for nature and for breath work and watching the sunrise and um, knowing when it's time to, to extend and knowing when it's time to pull back and rest. And the body always is searching for that balance. And that balance may look different for each person, but it's so important that you keep the self-care high so that resentment can stay low. Because as uh, Dr. Gabor Mate says, resentment is poison to the soul. And I think that that is huge. He said lots of, he's a doctor that works with, um, the chronic diseases that are created from emotional causes and stress-based causes, and so he talks about how there are so many illnesses that are created from stress, and that uh, there are some specific illnesses that are created um, with when when people are have not processed resentment, they haven't worked through um, a place in their life where they have been carrying too much, supporting too much overgiving too much, overextending themselves, then they're resentful and that resentment is literally eating away at their body. And so um, to be able to step back into power, we have to remind ourselves that, you know, we're the only ones that live inside our body. We're the only ones that have been given the, the deep level of intuition about what our bodies need and we can't wait for someone else to do that work for us as much as it would be great to be like, I'm going to give, 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 give. And then other people are going to give back to me and it's all going to work great. Um, we have to step back into an um, an empowered state where we're taking care of our bodies. And then we're able to give and receive as is, um, as is in a balanced way. So one of the things I want you to contemplate is the fact that we didn't Really have good modeling around what self care looks like. So, as I mentioned previously, you know, many many times our, our grandparents and parents were in survival mode. They were having to focus in on, you know, just basic survival needs and being able to to move through big challenges in the world. And so there was a lot of externalized focus, and there wasn't as much of a focus on on developing the health that is is required to heal and grow, and especially in a very modern toxic world. So, you know, if you just know that if you feel like it's difficult for you to have good self-care, there's a high chance that it wasn't modeled well for you. Maybe your mother or father or grandmother was over-serving or over-giving and this especially happens, I think, with moms and grandmas and great-grandmothers, because there's a natural nurturer, and it it happens as well in men and fathers, um, and grandfathers. But it, it's real prevalent, I would say, in females, that there's just an over-serving and over-giving at the expense of our own um, boundaries, at the expense expense of our own health, and uh, not a good modeling around how to do how to choose healthy self-care and have a balance in it. Because obviously we don't want to pendulum swing the other way. We want to find that healthy balance. So I'd encourage you to, to take a moment to contemplate what was my modeling around self-care. Did I watch my mom or my grandmother or my aunts or my uncles or whoever it is, my dad? Did I watch those authority figures or those people who I'm looking up to? Did they, they have those healthy practices and did I see the fruit from that, or did they have unhealthy boundaries, and um, am I am I just falling into that same programmed pattern of unhealthy patterns and or unhealthy you know ideas around self care? So it's just important to know what your programming is because when you know what the programming is, then you know, oh, it's a program. I'm conscious of the program that I've been running that didn't even start with me, it's not even mine, and now I can make the conscious choice to clear through the blockages that are keeping me from being able to empower myself to have a right amount of self-care for me. So then maybe take a moment to sit down and write out, what would healthy self-care look like for me? And, uh, to, to work through any blockages or any emotions that you feel around it being self-centered or inconvenient or, or even sometimes just uncomfortable. That happens a lot. People push back against self-care because they're like, oh, it's just not my norm. You know, it's just not me. And I'm like, well, that's programming. So make a conscious choice about, is that really, is that really the, the highest, thing for you? Or is that just an old pattern, right? So take a moment and write down what would be healthy self-care practices look like for me. And then of course, if you are doing any tapping process, this is a great thing to tap on, to tap through any um, fear or guilt or shame or past programming around taking really good care of yourself. Because when you do that, you are modeling that new way of being for the people who are looking up to you. You're saying this is how to unlock this healthy self, not in a way that's frivolous or frilly or overblown, but in a way that's balanced and uh, loving to the self and to others. Because let's face it, when we are thriving, we can help others so much more than if we're living in survival, if we're living in um, from a place of lack. Or we're living from a um, a place of uh, an empty cup, or feeling drawn on and and diminished and drained. That's not uh, that's not the the kind of energy that I think that we're require or that we are um, wired to live from. So whenever you're really able to step into a, an energy where you're able to thrive, it's an inspiration to everyone around you. If you want to go from concept to experience from idea to action get coaching community and retreats by joining the core community a health conscious heart-centered growth-minded community that will help you thrive go to anakingcoaching.com to find out more